And now we will uh, read today's scripture from James 1, verse 22 through 25. This is on page 1011 in your pew Bibles. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, be no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He will be blessed in his doing. This is the word of the Lord. All right, good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Justin, in case you didn't know if I haven't met you yet. And today I'll be sharing the first of our four key values at Regen. Let's just open in a quick word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for bringing us here this morning safely. Thank you for this building over our heads where we can gather as a community. And we thank you for your word. We thank you uh, for how it guides us and leads us. And we pray for our uh, open hearts and open minds today. Um, may we just fully understand the value of your word and uh, how to apply it. Amen. All right, so yeah, we have lots of information to cover. Just wanted to give a recap. The four values that we have shared before um, are integrated scripture, whole life service, thriving diversity, and spiritual family. And our blurb on our website for today's value is, we see scripture as our primary reference to help us understand how to follow Jesus and experience life with the Holy Spirit. We desire to understand the entirety of what God is speaking to us through his word, and we believe scripture is integrated into every part of our lives and our church. This is big. This is a, high, a tall order. Um, and our, uh, our brother and elder Mike gave us an overview in the July 31st sermon. You can see that on Vimeo, linked on our website if you want to go back. Um, he looked at Psalm 61 and how he used the drought analogy. We've been, we've been experiencing really hot weather. I think it's kind of, kind of uh, timely. Um, and just that how uh, we need scripture to nourish and strengthen the roots that, we've, that we're trying to lay down as a church and as individuals. So uh, first, I just wanted to zoom way out just for any new Christians. Just what is scripture? Um, it, there are 66 books. There's 39 Old Testament 27 New Testament books. There's 40 different authors, and their writings date from 1400 BC to 90 AD. And there's different types of writing in the Bible. I listed them out. We have um, historical narrative. That's a lot in Genesis, Book of Chronicles. The other one is law. That's a lot of Leviticus. Poetry, we look at the book of Psalms, Song of Solomon, Lamentations, books of wisdom, literature. Um, Proverbs is one of the primary ones there. We have prophecy. That's um, all the major and minor prophets. There's some prophecy in the New Testament as well. And then we have the Gospels, which are eyewitness testimonies of the life of Jesus. We have the epistles, which are letters, mostly from the Apostle Paul and apocalyptic literature, which is included in the writings of prophets, um, some parts of the New Testament, and the book of Revelation. 
So with all of this, all this variety, different perspectives, they all proclaim one true God and one Messiah. The canonization of the Old Testament was confirmed by the turn of the millennium uh, around Jesus' times, and the New Testament was canonized by the second century. And canonization is defined as the process by which the books of the Bible were discovered as authoritative. So there were multiple biblical scholars that um, asked certain questions to determine which religious texts made it into the Bible. The questions they asked were, does this text come with the established weight of approval from those who were around when it was written? Does this text directly refer to God as its authority? Does this text fall in line with or build upon the other texts in canon? So as we heard that um, the Old Testament was already fully canonized by the time of Jesus. So there was a lot of comparison possible. And a verse just that finally illustrates this concept is 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the next part of... Um, just going over our value of integrated scripture is, why does scripture matter? Uh, the Bible is a key part in the foundation of the Christian worldview. Some people call it a love letter, some people call it a guidebook, an instruction manual, but it's just the Christian worldview, people call it religion, but I, I think worldview is, is, is a better way to capture it. It's, um, it's founded based strongly on the word of God. Another reason that scripture matters is that it reveals God's plan. It includes the purpose of life, God's will, soteriology, which is the study of salvation, eschatology, which is the study of end times, and it gives us a historical understanding of who God is, his character and relationship with Israel, as um, very well detailed in the Old Testament, and his works teaching fulfillment of the Old Testament, and the redemptive mission of Messiah, captured mostly in the New Testament. So scripture really matters. <laughs> so then we can step back, apart from this intellectual part, what would it mean if we did not value scripture, if we did not integrate scripture into who we are as a church and as Christians? First we should ask, if we're not looking at the word of God to guide our lives to discern right and wrong, what is the source of objective morality? Where are we deriving what we say is right and wrong? Is it our feelings about God? Is it uh, what we think God's will is or just what we want to do? Is it society? Is it culture? I hear some people say science is, is the guide, uh, but I mean, we know science is, is just a tool to observe the natural world that can't encapsulate all of things outside the natural world. Or is it all relative? Do we just choose what's right and wrong based on circumstances? Does it change? Does morality change? I don't think it should. Uh, why can't we just do what's best? I think that is a common way of thinking. Uh, I think the world says that being the ruler of your own destiny is a valid way of living. It's even praiseworthy. Personally, though, I think history, ancient and recent, kind of tells us that's hubris. It's a little arrogant to think that. The same problems from early human history are still around. 
we are stuck with sinful human nature. We are not perfect. We're fallible. People in my family like that I've tried to kind of share with, try to help them start a relationship with Jesus have told me that um, being a good person is, is really, that's all that matters. Like, I don't need a Bible to tell me how to live. Just being a good person is good enough. Or someone else told me, I'm not the type of person who needs religion. Religion is not for me. Um, and that's sad. I think it's, it's a heart issue. So um, I'm just praying for these people. I'm not trying to um, bash them with verses or anything, but it's this common way of thinking, and it's, it's what happens when we don't have integrated scripture. Um, but some verses that explain why we need it. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Proverbs 12.15 is, is a little more harsh. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. And Galatians 5.17 just lays out this conflict between flesh and soul, saying, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. That's pretty clear. But don't worry, I'm not trying to preach doom and gloom that humans are terrible and that we're hopeless. But also, let me pick on the other side, the people who who do have scripture in their lives but are not applying it correctly. Um, We have the individual side where uh, some people may idolize scripture. Some people may be very puffed up and proud about their scriptural knowledge but have no heart transformation. That's another place we don't want to be. Uh, Some people use the Bible as a weapon. Um, A movie that characterized this statement to me is the book of Eli. Um, Gary Oldman's henchman was saying, why are we doing so much work just for a book? And then he exclaimed, it's not just a book, it's a weapon. It's to control the broken and weak. Um, So, I mean, there's many views of scripture on that, on the other side. There's one side that just says, I don't need scripture. Other side says, I'm going to use scripture improperly. Uh, Other applications as far as the um, people with scripture as individuals. Um, We had the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the religious leaders um, in the times of Jesus. They they led society, uh, yet they... Uh, became self-righteous, they practiced piety, they had puffed up egos, they weren't really looking to, um, to really what God had for, for humanity in Christ. Um, they did not have the fruit of the Spirit. And then the other way of um, looking at Scripture but not integrating it properly is in the communal sense. Sometimes there's communities who would maybe say they have Scripture, but if you look at how they treat people, maybe they would be unloving. Some, maybe not a church, but maybe like a, a group of people. Like we, we've seen like the, uh, just anytime you see like Christian groups being hostile, I don't think that's the right, um, right spirit. They may have superiority complexes. These groups may be ritualistic. They may look at, um, looking at how church has been done in the past and just go on that, that operate by what we've done in the past um, without looking at scripture, I think that's wrong. Church culture becomes a doctrine of man versus a doctrine of God. I think that's a common uh, mistake that churches make or just groups of Christians 
sometimes. Uh, sometimes church can become a social club and people just want to come to gather and have fun and socialize. Or um, in the administrative side, sometimes church becomes a business meeting where we're just strategized on numbers and, and money without the Spirit of God, not focusing on manifesting the Spirit of God on earth. So I think a good passage that kind of just paints the proper posture is in Luke 18, 10 to 14. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For the, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Another strong scripture about just having the right heart is Amos 5, 21 to 24. God speaking through the prophet, I hate, I reject your festivals, nor do I delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer up to me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them. And I will not even look at the peace offerings of your fatlings. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not even listen to the sound of your harps. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. This is a powerful verse. It's actually on the um, Martin Luther King Monument in D.C. I saw that one time as I, as I visited, and that was really powerful. Um, so there is hope. Uh, we at Regen desire to be a community thriving in our pursuit of Christ, glorifying God. This is only possible by the integration of Scripture and submitting to it as the authoritative word of God. Uh, a supporting verse is Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. I think it's important to also, when we read Scripture, to look at definitions. The word fear is defined as the perception of danger, awe, respect, reverence. And the definition of knowledge is perception, discernment, or understanding of God in this case. So some key concepts from what I just shared. Um, first one is integration. It's kind of a complex word. I had to look it up. But <laughs> I know what it means in gist, but it specifically is to form, coordinate, or to blend into a functioning or unified whole. And a related word we use often is the word integrity. It is a firm adherence to a code of values, incorruptibility, an unimpaired condition, soundness, or the quality or state of being complete or undivided. So in context of our first value of integrating scripture, this means the application of scripture in everything, all of our decisions, our ministries, our whole life, and our church community. The other word I wanted to zoom in on is uh, authoritative, which means proceeding from an official source and requiring compliance or obedience, able to be trusted as being accurate or true, reliable. The official source in this context of scripture is the creator of the universe. Uh, I think that means it's trustworthy, assuming you believe that God is the creator of the universe. 
Psalm 1830. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. In Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. What other book can claim that? Scripture is trustworthy. Scripture is authoritative, comprehensive, and vital for fallible humanity to be successful at Christian living. That's why we value integrated scripture. So I think most of the people here believe that. So the next part of what I'm sharing um, is how do we do that? How do we apply this value in our lives? How can scripture be put into every ministry, every decision in life? And as I shared earlier, there's, there's the one side of people who don't value scripture, they don't think they need it. The other side, they look at scripture, but they're using it improperly. How do we get to that middle, that Goldilocks level? Not too hot, not too cold, just right. That might be a whole nother sermon, I think. That's a whole nother workshop. But uh, I have some four tips that have helped me as a Christian how to integrate scripture in my life. Understand and trust the validity of scripture. It sounds simple, right? But we have doubts. Some of us weren't born into a Christian family, or some of us were and still have doubts. So I would encourage everyone here to explore your doubts do the research to find answers to anything that doesn't make sense to you. And throughout it all, pray for an open mind and heart. Some books that helped me, um, I didn't read all of these, but I did audiobooks, so that still counts, <laughs> is uh, The Reason for God by Tim Keller, or Case for Christ by Lee Strobel, or a more recent one is Cold Case Christianity by J. Warner Wallace. And he's, a, he's like a crime scene investigator. He looks at circumstantial evidence and makes an argument for scripture and the validity of the resurrection of Jesus. Second step that helped me is to learn how to identify and understand the context of the passage to arrive at the author's intended meaning. Uh, we are in a western modern culture. We can't use the same lens of interpretation to look at ancient near eastern texts written in Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic. We must be aware of cultural and historical context. A third point that helps is confirm the interpretation's consistency with the full breadth of scripture. Because we claim and believe that scripture is inspired by God, that means there would be no contradictions throughout. And some, I confess, I, maybe until the last few years, I was not doing a good job in going through the Bible regularly or, or having that full breadth of all of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. Um, I tried to make a checklist and try to check things off as I read them myself, but I, I just got stuck in some of the, the more tough passages. Um, so a good solution is daily audio Bible. I've been using that. Um, and basically they just break up a section of Scripture and you can have it played to you every day. And then by the end of the year, you've finished the whole Bible. And then over the years, you'll have finished the Bible many times. I think that helps in um, interpreting and applying Scripture. The fourth thing is to XYH. I think the term XYZ is kind of a good image. Like when people say, hey, XYZ, you have to look down, you have to check your zipper. 
<laughs> X, Y, H, this means check your heart. Look at the fruit in your life. Ask yourself, does this understanding and application of the scripture I'm reading result in glorifying God and living out a life with his spirit, um, the fruit of the spirit? That's in Galatians 5, and that's, that's one of the verses we'll be playing at the end. And just as encouragement, um, this, these four things of interpreting and applying scripture are lifelong. It's, a, it's not, you're not going to arrive and do it perfectly the first time you try. I still struggle. Like, I just want that to be clear. Like, road rage, let's say. You're, you're getting mad, you're upset at somebody. Wait, wait, is this what the fruit of the Spirit would exemplify? Um, is this love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all those? So it's just a continual thing that it's fine to, to struggle with, but I think the effort has to be there especially as a community, as a church. Um, so now uh, I hope that this all gives you a better understanding of this first value at Regen. Um, I look forward to practice it together in community. Um, we'll be starting off, as we mentioned, the Regentlemen's uh, men's group once a month and great place to practice doing this. And uh, I hope we can all do this in our lives forever, just more and more. So now we have a time, we'll take uh, five minutes or so to try to just meditate on a verse or a passage that guides your life. If you've been a Christian for a long time, try to just take time to go back and look at what verses are uh, guiding your life. Or alternately, maybe scripture is not so familiar for you. Take some time to think about a decision or direction where you want to submit to the word of God, the will of God. And we'll, we'll have some verses on screen, and we'll also have some music to um, accompany this time of meditation.
All right, and now is the time in our uh, service where we want to remember communion. In the book of Luke, chapter 22, verse 7, starting at verse 7, Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. So after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this bread, give thanks, and broke it, and said, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So um, uh, if you don't have one of these little cups, please raise your hand, and our, our um, folks in back will bring you a cup. And um, so the bread is on the top. Let's take this in remembrance of Christ. Okay, and then the second piece of the passage. This is my body given for you. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Let's take the cup. And um, I'll invite Joey up for worship, and let me just pray. Lord, thank you for your body and your blood poured out for us, Lord. We want to remember this always until the day you come. We thank you for sending your spirit as well to dwell in us, and may it do so strongly, and may these uh, songs of worship be pleasing to you. Amen. 